This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put it. Oh, he's the What's he up the right sideline? Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled Sam Houston. Wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Hello. Welcome to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, the college editor here at Texas, uh, Tech, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You didn't oh. turn the TV on. I didn't turn the TV oh, on. Oh, no. Oh, no. We don't have the logo. Hold on. Let me see if I can turn it on right now as I Dude, finish. I told you beforehand to turn that on. Hold Why on, do I have to run everything? Hold on. Hold on. Hold You're on. You're the me, host. Let me. Let me. Look, in Ish's defense, scenes. every time we look down on our phone, there is some new transfer news happening. That's yeah. the Texas and Oklahoma just announced Carter, they're going to stay I at the Cotton Bowl. Like five minutes ago. Thank you, Carter. Five no, no. Listen, ago. listen to Carter. Listen to Carter. No, never. It's, it's some complicated. Well, uh, I also did my classic walk in two minutes before start. Yeah, time. I know you did. I'm a gamer. Makes, it makes my job so much harder because I have yeah. to set these cameras up. There we go. And make sure that you guys look okay. Okay, well, it was. And yeah. sound okay. It wasn't hold two on, minutes, it was about on, five geez. minutes. It must have been right. After you told Ish for the fifth time yeah. to turn this camera <laughs> off. First of all, first of all she you. told me once. Second of all. Uh, I think I told you like twice. She told me like once. I picked up the remote and then moved it over here and then forgot about it. So I forgot to change the channel. So uh, as I get the logo, there we go. Look at that. See? Uh, that's easy. Um, <laughs> thank you, Mallory. You make my job so much harder. Anyway, whatever. How do I get this to go large <laughs> again? I forgot. Oh, there we go. Just Slide. leave it. Uh, nope. There nope. we go. We're back. For our audio listeners, they're like, what is happening? Okay. <laughs> Hi. I'm Ishmael Johnson, <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the college editor here. Uh, this is our. This will be our last show before we uh, head off to state next week. For those that are familiar, um, we do high school, a lot of high school here, and we are going to be all at AT&T next week. So, yeah, here with Carter Yates. What's up, man? Baby's first date coming up. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, then Mal- Mallory, hello. It's your Hi. third? Yes. Third? Because yeah, I, I was an intern in 2020, so I came to help. Yes, and then and 2021. No, this would be my fourth. 2020, 2021, yeah, 2022. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Jeez, fourth already. Fourth state That's with crazy. you guys. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. So uh, we'll kind of – we'll still have some college stuff on here. Obviously, there'll be some news dropping, coaching news. We'll get into portal news as well. Uh, we'll get into some coaching news, actually. There's some, there's some stuff coming out. Uh, but as far as, like, heavy content – oops, excuse me. As far as, like, heavy content – it's going to be a lot of high school. So features, mm-hmm. uh, stories, will Sunday basically is when we launch our uh, uh, state hub, for those of you that are unfamiliar. And we have something for everybody, right? If you're a high school fan, we'll have previews of all the games. If you're a college fan, uh, Greg Powers and uh, myself and Will Wilkerson usually do player breakdowns. Uh, Greg Powers does recruits to watch, so you'll be taken care of no matter what you prefer. Um, so, yeah, that'll this will be the last show before we head into all that. But we do got some news because, of course, the transfer portal is open. And that's part of the problem with the transfer portal is that it is open right now. (laughs) And that is uh, a calendar that is out of whack. And uh, we'll start off with that. We'll get into some light coaching news. A&M made a hire. Um, uh, It's kind of the only – I mean, UTEP obviously made a head coaching hire since the last time we were on. But let's get into some portal news. Um, Speaking of A&M, they've also been impacted by this. Almost all their, almost their entire defensive line except for David Hicks is gone. Uh, that's not true, but like a Walter Nolan, um, Overton, LT Overton, Fadil Diggs, Fadil Diggs. Um, as of right now, those are the only ones. But the team that's probably hit hardest, uh, pound for pound in the state, it's probably North Texas right now. Um, Chandler Rogers is the latest, and he's definitely the most uh, impactful player mm-hmm. that they've lost. But in addition to him, Ayo Dei, their 1,000-yard rusher, who's been there for th- two or three years now. Um, Isaiah Johnson, another contributing running back. And then Jamori Macklin, their 1,000-yard wide receiver. Uh, they had a stat that they threw up saying uh, – their final game saying, oh, look, a 3,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, and a 1,000-yard receiver. Wouldn't you want to play in this offense? And, and they're gone. And they're all, turns out they don't want to play in this offense. So um, <laughs> they're all gone. Um, so, Carter, me and you dif- disagree 
not like no, I don't think we're very like. I don't think we're that far off. I was about to say I don't think we're very much like uh, completely on opposite ends of the spectrum. I think we disagree on certain details. Um, I'm under the impression that I think that the thing that needs to change is the structure of the way the transfer portal is. Now, let me get into why the, why we had this discussion. Because a lot of UNT fans, I think, you know, not not irrationally, are having a discussion of what's the point, mm-hmm. right? Big time what's the point energy coming from Mean Green Twitter right now. Right. It's like you have this new coach comes in, makes things work with this offense, new, new quarterback uh, kind of turns a new gear for this receiver that's been there, running back who's been successful but hits another level for him as well. They're all gone. And so it, it – Kind of turns into a lot of fans, and again, I did. I had a tongue-in-cheek comment about it because it was like I've been a fan of a group of five program that went ten years without a bowl, um, and <laughs> never did we ever go like, "What's the point?" It's kind of the point of being a G five program. Unfortunately, is those ups and downs. But in the new era of the transfer portal, it kind of is a new water to navigate, where you have the successful, not a successful season, but like you develop this this player, these players. And then if somebody wants them, they can tamper, which everybody's doing. Everybody's tampering. Um, we'll talk about Trey Moore in a bit with UTSA. Um, and then all of a sudden they're gone, right? Or they have the option to leave in some cases. And my thing is I think that the only thing that really needs to drastically change is the calendar. And this is where we disagreed because I don't mind the fact that Chandler Rogers is able to transfer. Jamori Macklin was able to transfer to UNT. Chandler, all three of these guys, I think, except A.O. Day. The problem is North Texas has had these guys transfer into their program originally. Now they're going out of the program. Right. So they have benefited and then also detracted as well. Sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they've they've benefited from the portal. If you're a ULM, ULM fan listening to this, you're like, cry me a river, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they, he's the reason why Chandler Rogers uh, – they're the reason why Chandler Rogers is there in the first place. So they've experienced both sides of it. My my running thought on the portal is that I think that it's needed to have a better calendar. Because right now, guys are recruiting. They're trying to finish up signing day, right, which is coming up a week after state on the 20th of December. And they're also now trying to recruit their own guys. They're trying mm-hmm. to stop their guys from getting in the portal. They're also having to now keep an eye on the portal to be like, okay, who's available if we miss out on people in signing day, things like that. So it just changes kind of your overall – it, it gives you way too many things to pay attention to at once, in my opinion. And so I think that – I'm not saying this solves it, but I do think that a calendar saying, like, okay, transfer portal is not going to open before the bowl games. Because all of a sudden the bowl games become – I mean, they already were exhibitions, but they really do become exhibitions at that point yes. because everybody announces their intentions before the bowl games. The calendar's out of whack. I totally agree with you. I think where we got a little bit lost in textilation yesterday, which I'm glad we're having, to, having this talk face-to-face now, yes. is – your take on it was a little bit of Crimea River, like this has happened. This is what happens when yes. you're a G5 team. Yes. And I understand that. But on my end, I was also like, can you not see where North Texas fans are like, this kind of sucks? Oh, I can. Absolutely. 100% I can see where that happens. What I would say is that I think I use the analogy of that's how coaching already works, right? Yes. And that's where it's like, let's, you know, I'm a, I'm a Texas State fan and Texas State grad. GJ Kenny's there right now. Immediately after they won their sixth game, everybody was like, oh, not going to be there long. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it sucks, but it's like it's true. Like he's not going to be there long. I think a lot of where I'm getting confused in this now is some of my transfer scenarios that I would like to fix are a lot because of COVID, right? Sure, yes, So yes, yes, I yes. was proposing in our Slack basically the get a job rule where <laughs> yes. it's – you can transfer one time without penalty in your four years, mm. but then if you transfer one time and play instantly, you can't then grad transfer. Or you go four years at one school, and then you can grad transfer without penalty. What we're seeing right now is players are transferring one time in undergrad, mm-hmm. then they do a degree in three years, then they do a master's program, which means they can grad transfer now instantly. We got guys like Dylan Gabriel who have hopped from – UCF to Oklahoma to now probably Oregon or USC. We've got Jamori Macklin that has gone Missouri to North Texas, now back to Power 5. And we've got Chandler Rogers went ULM, UNT, and then wherever he's going to go in the Power 5. And the problem is I don't think I'm anti-player and saying that's too much because now we have high school guys coming in who aren't going to get these opportunities. Because the one thing I will say 
is, look, you go Power 5, you transfer back to G5 to get more playing time. That's great. But then I'm almost saying, as a 23-year-old man, I don't know if you should get to go back in Power 5 and then capitalize on the bag without saying either go take your degree and get your job and let another guy come in or right. test your waters in the NFL. Well, so my thing is I look at somebody like – so I agree <laughs> – this is my only boomer take on this is that specifically for quarterbacks, I think it's it's skewed because it seems like nobody wants to develop a quarterback anymore. Mm-mm. Right. Like it seems like that's where that's the single position that's really like oh, we're just going to go portal. Right. Nobody's starting a true. I mean, there are some programs, but like it's it's more unheard of to have true freshman quarterbacks starting because if you're I'm trying to think of uh, Tennessee. So Tennessee has Nico. I forgot. I can't say his last name, but reportedly threw a bag at him right right out of high school i think he was like the second quarterback in his class um five-star quarterback he's probably not gonna play next year because they're gonna portal somebody malachi nelson at usc number one quarterback in his class probably not gonna play next year because they're gonna get maybe dylan gabriel or whoever dante Um, moore did play now in the portal right right right. and so i'm not so that's the only one that i might and i think that the court because quarterback is the only one to me not the only position but like to me quarterback is the most high profile position that teams have just not given up on, but it really taken a hit in terms of development, in-house development, in my opinion. I think that receiver, because there are more receivers that touch the field, things like that, I think like a Devin McEwen for UTSA, right? There will be more freshmen touching the field. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think that quarterback's the single position that's like, oh, we're not going to play this guy because we have this guy coming in instead. Um, so that's my only like boomer take on it, is that, yes, I'm very much get it pro, get a job for a quarterback. Yes, my um, boomer take yeah. is Casey Thompson has now got a seventh year of eligibility. Yeah, and an Casey incoming Thompson. class of 2024 freshman was in seventh grade when Casey Thompson was yeah. a freshman at college. Yes. Tyler Shuck. We, we made the Alan, Bo- Alan Bowman joke as well. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> playing football when Tyler Shuck was a freshman at Oregon, yeah. and he is still playing college football. So, I am now so a graduated grown-ass man. Well, well, here's, here's, <laughs> where, here's, where, here's where I completely contradict myself. And saying that, I don't know how many of those guys are going to play in the NFL. So I also think they should just make just their go money. make money exactly right. But like so so like again, I'm conflicted because part of me is like, yes, go get a job, you 26 year old, right? <laughs> um, but also part of me is like, especially and this one, let's take it back from the the extreme cases because those will die away once COVID hap- once COVID stops, um, or the COVID eligibility stops. Let's take a Chandler Rogers, right? I know he's a, technically also a COVID, but he's more fringe fringe case. He's not probably going to the NFL, Mm-mm. right? Okay. And so this would be his last job, to, last chance to cash in on his name, right? If somebody throws, I'm just I'm just throwing out what's the Brock Heward example of Cam, Cam, uh, Brock Heward throughout the the example of the rumor of Cam Ward having million dollar offers, right? Mm-hmm. Let's 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 half that, right? Let's he's not a power five starting quarterback, so Chandler Rogers gets 500k or even like 100k something. I don't know, six figures. That's his last chance to probably make a name as uh, make money on his name as a quarterback. Chandler Rogers, right? He might have a shot in the Canadian Football League. Probably we've seen guys like Mason Fine go to the Canadian Football League. But like as far as like that one payout, it's his last shot. And so that's that's where I can't blame them, right? A guy like Tyler Shuck who has dreams of the NFL, probably not at this point, injury prone, all this stuff. Like if some team, if Louisville, right? He committed to Louisville. Mm-hmm. If Louisville threw a bag, said, "Hey, come play." We know uh, uh, Brom did a good job with the offense this year. Come play, put up your numbers, see if you can boost whatever. If there's any type of pro stock, whether it's, again, uh, NFL, CFL, XFL, whatever, come here, make money, and do it. Yeah, but also in that case, like, he's so injury prone. No, I, like, and why I do get you wanna, Like a JT Daniels, like, why do you want to keep transferring? I get you want the money, but, like, at that point, dude, Hold on. you keep getting hurt. I will never blame Tyler Shuck or Chandler Rogers for doing what they're doing. They should go get their bag. I'm saying the system has made it to where these now 18-year-olds who could yes. be going D1 are yes. going D2, FCS, D3, yes. because we got 24-year-old men yes. playing college football right now. Sure. No, man, I get that. And I think that, again— Is that I think so bad, though? I mean, that kind of helps the, the parody a little bit, I was bit, about you to know? say, it doesn't, it, I don't think it's that bad— um, I think it's something that will regulate itself. Yeah. Right. I think that's something that because we do, we are seeing for the first time this year, I will say we kind of saw the the back not the backlash the 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 horror stories a little bit. Right. Jair Shorter didn't get on the field at Auburn. Right. He transferred from UNT. Zakari right? Franklin. Zakari Frank. He was he was a little bit of injury, but also just didn't touch the field at yeah. all. Right. At Ole Miss. Um, now you could look at it two ways. You can look at it and say, okay, those guys shouldn't have transferred, or you can look at it and say those guys got paid. Doesn't matter if they got hurt, they got paid anyway. So like. I can see it both ways. Uh, was it Alton McCaskill? Another way, right? Leaves mm-hmm. Houston, goes to Colorado, gets a bag, doesn't really touch the field at all because they don't like to run the ball because it takes the ball out of the coach's son's hands. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but he got but he, but he got a bag. And so like again, you could look at it two ways. Where you're saying, well, I'm probably not going to make the NFL, 
and you know, Ole Miss is calling, offering me 500K. Am I going to get catches? Probably not. But and again, is that a cynical way to look at it and say, well, these kids are just play-? yeah, it's probably a cynical way to look at it. But I'm also like, I don't know, man. If if somebody's willing to pay you money like that, it's I hard to turn that down if you're. 20 to mm-hmm. 24 years old. I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think it has led to all this movement in college yeah. football right now oh, where sure, guys sure. are going probably a lower level than they should have been, and that's yes. why they're constantly going up a level yes. as soon as these 24-year-olds leave, and that's what leads to all these G5 fan bases being like, what the hell, we can't develop a team. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, no, 100%. And I get, I get that. I do. I do. Um, part of me is just like, I think that's just always been the haves and have-nots of college football. Um, mm-hmm. I think it will become a farm system, right? A lot of these, a lot like Tech State will play in their bowl, and then we'll have to see who leaves from this team. Like, it's a, it's part of coaching. I think the thing that can really fix it is, in my opinion, the calendar. Just because, like, again, people are like they're they're trying to recruit, keep kids there, also keep an eye on the portal while preparing for a bowl game. You know, it's just like it's a very bad calendar right now that we have unsustainable Unsustainable. for coaches lives for work-life balance which they already don't have but now they have none i mean gj kenny talked about in his press conference today it never actually dies down right ever i was about to say because then after we have after spring ball it opens up again and Mm -hmm. then they're all you know what till june 1st or something Mm -hmm. like that basically they can all leave or something like that something like something like that so yeah it it, it'll be a continuing thing because of course we have head coaching changes and so a&m obviously will keep an eye on there um Certain hires dictate that. Baylor, uh, whether the, they like the OC, if they feel like they can play in Spav's offense or not, it, it all just happens. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Techsoba.com, we have our transfer portal tracker as well. Um, we'll have briefs on certain transfers as well. Um, quick thoughts on – Carter, quick thoughts on AM's new hired offensive coordinator, uh, Colin Klein from Kansas State. I like it a lot. I think yeah. Colin Klein was a guy who – Ran a very K-State-centric offense, which I know you're going to disagree with me a little bit here. Like, you didn't like the hire as much as I personally liked it. I think his style of offense can translate to College Station, and I like how him and Mike Elko are both just football guys. It's it's definitely – it's a newer school than Jimbo Fisher, Mm -hmm. I would say, who got a little bit caught in the weeds of not being able to adapt. Yeah. But I think it's still – it's almost that Midwest mentality. I think so. That we're getting an A&M. The more I've thought about it, the more I've been in favor of it. When his name first came out, I was like, ah, I don't know. Just because, like, he he is a good coordinator. Let me specify that. Like, I think Kansas State the past two years have had really, really good offenses with players that you wouldn't expect to necessarily be – conference contending type of athletes or players um he was also in line for the notre dame oc job i believe that was another one he interviewed for that i can't penn it's state. been a hot commodity penn state penn state was another one so he is a hot commodity he's a young coach as well and so i do i am curious about what he could do with AM caliber players right so and the one thing that AM needs i think on on offense is just an identity mm-hmm. right the one thing that they have that they haven't had since Kevin Sumlin left is just like, what do they do on offense? Or what do they do well on offense, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just like, they just put a lot on the quarterback. It's like, that's not an identity. Like, what does that mean, you know? Um, and with Colin Klein and I think with Mike Elko, we know they're going to be physical. We know they're going to be, like you meant, they're going to be ball coaching dudes, right? I think they will be run-oriented with Colin Klein. That If you watch that Kansas State offense, they want a mobile quarterback, not necessarily a quarterback who runs, but because Will Howard wasn't the best runner, but like he, he was able to run. He was mobile. Um, so, again, I think that's something to watch. I'm very fascinated to see how the rest of the staff turns out. Elijah Robinson took the defensive, co- or the, yeah, defensive coordinator job at Syracuse. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. He will finish out the year uh, as the interim head coach. My other thought on Colin Klein is I can't wait for his Netflix Untold documentary because he was in that Heisman class with Johnny Manziel oh and Manti Oh, my gosh, Teo. he was. What, was. what was it like just doing PR with those guys for like a couple <laughs> <Yeah>. of days? <laughs> Untold, <Literally>. Optimus Klein. <laughs> that's funny. Good uh, job. Alrighty, so that's uh, that's it for us uh, for this part of the show. Yeah, I was Matt, about to say, wait, we done? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Great show, guys. No, um, that'll do it for our news segments. Of course, TechSolo.com for any other breaking news that'll come out. It's coaching season. It's portal season, so there's bound to be some crazy stuff happening before signing day. Um, by the way, we will have a signing day special. I'm going to plug that right now. Uh, we'll have a signing day special on the 20th. So that'll be our first show back after state. We won't be we won't be here next week because we'll be in AT and T. But be tuned, be stay tuned ugh, next with the week after next uh, for our signing day special. Greg Powers, myself, Mallory. I'm trying to figure out who all will be there. Carter uh, probably. Carter, uh, maybe Tepper as well. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, so stay tuned for that as well. Wednesday. Yes. All righty, Mallory. Let's get into all these bowl games we got. Shall we start with the entree? Let's do it. Let's do it. 
skip the, skip the appetizer. Yeah, skip the appetizer. Semi-final no Semi-final sugar bowl. Number three, Texas taking on number two, Washington. Monday, January 1st at 7.45 p.m. That's literally what it listed the kickoff time as. So. Probably. I mean, these things are so pre-produced. That I like know. It's it probably like be, they would probably put 7.47 uh-huh. and it'd be 7.47. Right, <laughs> right. You can watch it on ESPN. Texas coming in as four-point favorites. The over-under, 63-and-a-half. It's okay. going to be a high-scoring game, high-flying yes. game. Yes, I do think this will be pointsy, in my opinion. I think that, too. But sometimes you get these two high-powered offenses, and they just play to a stalemate sure. yeah. a defensive I'll, I'll clash. I'll say this. I'll say this. Isn't that what happened with Oregon and Washington, like, the first time around? It wasn't very high-scoring game, around, right? Yeah. Yeah. Second time around, they kind of – It was pretty high-scoring. Yeah. It was the first time they played. Yeah. So, I'll say this. Uh, I don't want to give this – I don't want to take this point from my own. Richard Johnson on Split Zondua had a great point. You give Steve Sarkeesian and Kalen DeBoer a month – Yep. To prepare for something, we are going to see some, some stuff. Crazy. In that, in that first quarter, we're going <laughs> to see calling. some stuff. Yes. And so. Counterpoint. I, uh-huh. They had a month to prepare for this last year when they played in the Alamo Bowl. Sure. Washington versus Texas. Sure. That's a good point. That's a really and good point. That's oh, my point. gosh. I, I forgot they played this So game. many guys returning that. on this. I don't have the graphic in front of me, but yeah. there was there's maybe like eight guys combined who didn't play snaps in that game who were like went off to the NFL or graduated. This right. is the same team as last year from the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. Oh, no, this that. is – I'm very excited for this game because you got Michael Penix Jr. versus Quinn Ewers. And I think you also have like, in a way, this matchup to me, ironically, I think this matchup was the worst for Texas. I think so, too. Because you look at the way Michigan plays, and I think that plays into Tavondre mm-hmm. Sweat and Byron Murphy. You look at the way Alabama plays. To a lesser extent, Alabama – I think now Alabama plays better against Texas, but I still think we saw obviously saw that played out, where if you pressure on, get pressure on Jalen Milrow, gets him out of whack and things like that. Washington, they're not going to necessarily be – I mean, they can run the ball. They're not going to be running into the, the middle of the field a lot. No. And their wide receiver, they have two or three NFL caliber wide receivers. Mm-hmm. That's going to be able to test this cornerback, the, the secondary. I was going to say, are they going to get cooked? Is the secondary going to get cooked? So here's the issue. Here's the big issue. Speaking of transfer portal, <laughs> so uh, Jalen Catalan. Jalen Catalan transferred, announced his transfer, so he will not be playing in this game. He was set to probably start this game because who's the one that's out? Derek Williams. Derek Williams got suspended, bad suspension, um, in the Big 12 title game. So he'll, be, he'll miss the first half of this game. So Texas is going to have to roll with Taff and Jaron Thompson, Thompson. Terrence Brooks, and Ryan Watts has been injured almost all the back half of the season. Yeah, so you're putting those corners on an island because the second the the safeties behind him are not going to be mm-hmm. the most like I like Michael I like Michael Taff, but he's not the best coverage guy, and so what I. I feel like we're going to see Washington try some stuff early mm-hmm. to punch them in the mouth mm-hmm. and put them on the back foot. Now, granted, I think that also puts Sark at an advantage because he's going to be like, we can come out aggressive too. And Sark, as we know, Sark's probably the best uh, – First or, first or second drive play caller in the yeah. country. He was – it was a master class versus Oklahoma State. Yeah. I mean, it was reverse passes for a touchdown. It was backdoor screens. Yep. It was Tavondre Sweat, Sweat touchdowns. I was going to say, that yeah. was the best touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, you're just watching the game. Like, he is he is on fire right now. He's a yeah. wizard. Yeah, he really, he really is. You can tell, like, in that game – he was very much like, I'm being my bag. I'm not going to th- overthink things either. Like, I'm going to pull out the tricks at the right time because we've seen him pull them out at the wrong time. Um, he pulled them out at the right time. The Tavondre Sweat thing was great. But now, think, yeah. dude, did he blow it too early? Did he show it too early? <laughs> Maybe, but I don't know, man. I think he knows that he's, he can put up points on this Washington team. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think this Oregon – this the Oregon team that we saw play Washington <laughs> – we kind of knew, like, they weren't doing anything crazy. Like, we knew they were going to run wide receiver screens. We knew they were going to play the short game. And Washington kind of let them do that, right? They know they're going to give them some, 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 some give. Then don't break. Right. And we've also, I think the thing that will be interesting to see with Pete Kwiatkowski, one, old program, right, yep. former program, um, what does he do? Because we have seen this Washington offense stumble. After that Oregon, that first Oregon win, they didn't look that great for a good three weeks, mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, I haven't, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they snuck out with like, like I think Michael Penix might have lost the Heisman in that three weeks. Well, span. that was why Oregon was so favored against Washington because yes. after that game they crisscrossed and it was like Oregon was ascending yes. and Washington was faltering. So they beat, so they beat Arizona State by eight. They beat Stan, uh, Stanford by nine. A USC team again that was on the downturn by ten. They snuck by a beat down Utah by seven. And then they snuck out uh, Oregon State by two, 
Washington State by three. And so, again, then they, of course, they beat Oregon by three. But that's, yeah, like you mentioned, that's why Oregon was seen as, like, odd, the Vegas favorite, even though they lost that game. Because, again, I, that's what I'm curious about with Pete Kwiatkowski is, like, what does he dial up? Because he knows that this offense, I don't want to be held in checks too strong of a word, but, like, hasn't been as flawless, I think, as maybe it's perceived or how they've looked against Oregon, per se. Mm-hmm. And Byron Murphy, the defensive tackle, was a second-team All-American, so he said – uh, you know, the BS just fuels me and put one one twenty four. So he did the timestamp tweet again. Exactly. There it is. And every time he does that, it's like a bat signal for himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if uh, literally that's like Batman putting up the own signals like there I am. I'm needed. Yeah, but it, it's gotten like progressively weaker where it's like the first one was Iowa State saying yeah. they have a massive ego that needs to be checked. It's like, yes, timestamp. Yes. And then the second one was. We're going to block them like we've done the last 15 years. Time's up. Now it's like second team All-American. You're like, oh, this is bull. This is bull. <laughs> Why did Washington do this to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? um, so, but no, this is the one I'm, I'm very much excited for. I think the Sugar Bowl, I mean, Texas will have the home field, quote unquote, home field advantage because the Sugar Bowl is in New Orleans. Uh, Washington's going to fly in a lot of fans. I think it'll be a great environment. Don't get me wrong, but I do think it it's going to lean heavily Texas, obviously. Um, and I know Washington really wanted the Rose Bowl to get you know that last one for kind of as a member of the Pac-12. But regardless, this is the one I'm most excited for. Um, I do think the other game will be good as well, but I think everybody's kind of circled this one as like the firework factory. Potentially. Mm-hmm. I think so. so too. Who do you have? <sighs> Who are you going with? Man, this it's, one's legitimately it's like I. It's going to be. <laughs> I think it's going to be close. I want – Could I go first? Go for it. Yes, I'm going to go Texas. Okay. You are? I think Texas has this one. I think everyone was kind of preying on Washington's downfall a little bit with Oregon. Sure. I think now we've been thrown off the scent of Washington is faltering, but I am still saying they are not as strong of a team as they were when they first played Oregon. Mm-hmm. So I think Sark has a legacy game. As head coach, and I think Texas wins. Okay. I think I'm going to go Washington. I was <laughs> I think I'm Wait, go, you too? I think no. Oh, no. Yeah. All right, whatever. I'll stand so, on my so table. I, I, think I, think it, I think it comes down to this. I think it comes down to the fact that that first half without Williams is going to be massive. Yeah. In a secondary that already we already know can get beat. Yes. And I do think that Dylan Johnson, their 1,000-yard rusher, again, good player, but they don't need to lean on him, right? And I think that plays into – the reason why I thought Texas would roll Tech and Oklahoma State is because we know how they need to play. Mm-hmm. And we that plays right into Texas' hands. I don't think oh, – now, granted, they can get a pass rush with those two guys as well, and that could disrupt things, right? Interior pass rush is arguably more destructive than, than outside pass rush because mm-hmm. there's no running from interior pass rush. Um, so if, if Sweat and Murphy are able to get to Penix, then that changes the entire game plan. But I think those guys setting the tone in the run game is how that defense really gets going and that changes games. But also, Williams is not a starter. And the reason it was so devastating in the Big 12 is because Ryan Watts was already out. Ryan Watts will sure. be back. Sure. Williams is not a starter, and it's only the first half. I guess so. I'll say this. I think that their wide receivers are just too much in general. I, I would, I pe- gonna, I would yeah. pencil this matchup for them even if they were – like if Catalan was there, if Watts was there, if Williams was there. Like I'd pencil like – Romeo Duze and Jalen Polk, they're both 1,000-yard receivers. I think they're insane. Yeah. So that's my thing. I think it'll be like a like a three-point like three game. Like, I really do think it's like a very, very close game. Yes. Yes, I do too. I, I take Washington to cover. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I just think that Michael Penix and just his, the individual playmakers that Washington has, I think, are just too good for this Texas defense to face. But yeah. who knows? I will we'll say see. this, though. Quinn Ewers is taking a lot of flack this year. And he, to me, he's answered not every question because, like, it's kind of insane standards that he had to live up to. But I think that even from his own fans at times, people are like, oh, Quinn's doing it again every time he throws a pick or whatever. I, I, you're in this position, mm-hmm. I think, and you're in this position because of him, right? Chavondre Sweat could be having the season he has. If Quinn Ewers isn't making the throws, isn't he played a perfect game against Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. right? Well, except that one he threw right The one in. pick, the <laughs> right, one pick, right yes. the linebacker. But yes, yes, he yes. played perfect, he, basically. He more or less played perfect, and I think that this is a game that they're going to need the best game from him mm-hmm. because I do think that Michael Penix is going to push that defense, and they do. I do think they need Quinn Ewers at – at his Tuscaloosa, basically. Yeah. I love proclaiming legacy games. That's yeah. kind of my – I'm addicted to it. So, I'm going to say Sark legacy game, Quinn Ewers legacy game coming up. <laughs> there you go. All right. We'll take it. 
All right, let's get into our other bowl matchups. We've got five more, starting with the Independence Bowl. Texas Tech playing Cal Saturday, December 16th at 8.15 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN. Texas Tech coming in as three-point favorites, the over-under 58.5. This is the game of top-tier running backs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Taj Brooks and Jade Knott. I'm very fascinated by this because, like – if Tech just wins this game, like, I don't even say convincingly, but just, like, I think that – well, one, I think they could win this convincingly. I think they should yeah. win this convincingly. And all of a sudden, like, the past month is just, like, forgotten about. Because, like, obviously the Texas loss hurts. I'm not going to say that pain goes yeah, away. Yeah, they're in the SEC now. It doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Well, yes, exactly. You look to the future, and you're like – it's kind of like a like – a, like you're in a car crash, and all of a sudden your car just – like, you're rolling over 12 times, and you just land face up. <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're like – Oh, that wasn't okay. that bad. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually okay. <laughs> and it's like, kind of, yeah, because they'd finish with what, seven wins, right? Yeah. It'd be seven and six. And so it's like, okay, one one loss off last year. You played a national title caliber team in one of the games. And okay, cool. Like, it's a second year with your head coach, and you got a five-star wide receiver coming in. And people forget last year they were four and five before they ripped off that winning streak. They've done right. the same thing. November, Joey McGuire, we talk about it. Right. They've done the same thing basically this year with one less loss if they win this game. Like, their losses. West Virginia, which turned out to be pretty good, right? Oregon, just almost had a chance to play for a playoff. Wyoming, turned out to be pretty good. At Wyoming, by the way. Uh, yeah. The one the one bad loss is, is BYU, right? That's yeah, the one that, that I could bad. look at and say, uh, hey, that's, that's no excuses. Right, right. That's no excuses. I can't make an excuse there. But Kansas State... And then, of course, you got embarrassingly drubbed by Texas, who was trying to pay, prove a point to the commissioner that was in town. So uh, that was kind of no fault of your own. But that one sucks. But, again, that's the only bad loss on that schedule that you say why they lose that game is BYU. Yeah, that Texas game was – remember Fast Times at Ridgemont High when they crashed the star football player's car? Yes. And then he goes completely berserk yes. in the fo- – that was what that Texas was, Tech that's was. That's what happened with that game, yes. So I'm very – I think they could convincingly win this game because, like Mallory mentioned, Cal's kind of got one trick – and Jade not. That's it. <laughs> and Jake Spavadol's gone, so like. <laughs> oh right, yeah. yeah he's, he's, he was our OC, and he's not there anymore. So it's gonna be like, okay, does you know? I don't know what game plan they toss up in a couple weeks. Also, Tim DeRuiter and Marcel, Marcel Yates, Yates were yep. defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach at Cal before. So oh, that's a good little yeah, that's a good little. Uh, there's right some there. program ties. The one thing I do want to see from Texas Tech is I want to see how Baron Morton looks more healthy than he has been because to me mm. he was the future last yes. year yes and the present this year was a little shaky mm-hmm. for me and i think a lot of it was because he was injured he wasn't throwing in practice mm-hmm. now that you've got a bye week basically multiple weeks off i think he needs a flex game to go into next year do we know who's uh starting at course i know cows played like five quarterbacks this year i think is it mendoza i have no clue okay because sam jackson of course got hurt in the unt game I forgot the guy that finished the UNT game. Um, and then it's been this uh, Mendoza guy who's played most of the year. So I don't know. I know Jackson was supposed to be their guy to start the year, or at the whole year. Uh, yeah, Fernando Mendoza, true freshman, by the way. Um, looks like it might be him. He's played the last game. So I'm assuming it's going to be him because he beat he's the one that beat UCLA to get them bowl eligible. So um, I'm going to say give me tech just because, like, mm-hmm. I think, like, jo- people can say bowl games don't matter. But I feel like a guy like Joey McGuire, bowl games are – a lot for a campaigner, bowl games matter. Yes, and because they beat when they beat Ole Miss last year, it was like, it was like, oh my god, you know, wasn't like, it Mississippi State? Was it Mississippi? No, it was Ole Miss. It was, it was Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Yes, okay. yes. Um, but yeah, they beat Ole Miss last year, and all of a sudden it was like this. This program's on the rise because like yeah. they can, they know how to ride hype. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Cal will do that as much as an no, Ole Miss win. Right? I don't think so either. No, exactly. No, it's more like business. You know, it's like suiting up. It's like business taken care of, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on here. So we're all taking tech. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tech. Yeah, we got to keep track of this. All right, coming up next, the Frisco Bowl. Only a couple miles up the road. Yeah. UTSA playing Marshall Tuesday, December 19th at 8 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN. UTSA coming in as nine-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 54-and-a-half. All right, Carter, so I will let you there, – there's, oh, there's two coaches' sound bites that you kind of want to hint on here. Well, I've got a quick Marshall preview, and that is Marshall head coach Charles Huff on starting quarterback Cam Fancher oh God, entering yeah. the portal. There isn't a lot of money for NIL, and the fans hate him. The kid has been miserable. That's horrible. <laughs> so that's Gosh. your Marshall preview. <laughs> so yeah. they're miserable. Um <sighs> I'm sorry, that's hilarious that the coach would just say that. Like, why would you say the that? Kids no, like, the kids hate him. Like, what? The fans hate him. By the way, Marshall, 
Uh, Charles Love did not have a great time this year. Marshall scrapped to bowl eligibility. They started off 4-0. Then they lost that. at NC State, not a bad loss. At Georgia State, eh. James Madison, not bad. Coastal, App, and then they went, I believe, let's see, they won two games in conference this year. So, yep. not great. Um, and, yeah, it's not a fun time. Their quarterback just transferred, and, and apparently the fans hated him. So <laughs> the apparently they have no money. So, like, there's just, like, everything's great right there right now. The other one's going to be a discussion in, in coach PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Yes, so for those who don't know, yes, uh, Jeff Trailer uh, was a candidate for multiple head coaching jobs, um, was a finalist for Houston, and he's been asked about that a lot. So, Understandably. Yes. So – he basically says they ask about the coaching carousel in Texas winding down and what that means. He says, I've had a great job. There's always speculation, right? I know you media people believe that everything that's out there is factual, but I've got news for you. He goes on to say most of that stuff is clickbait and speculation. There's always going to be speculation as long as there are Texas job open and they're going to always have my name in it. If I were getting the specifics of what is accurate and what is not accurate, we'd go down a rabbit hole that would just take forever and I don't care to get into specifics. Yeah. And when I saw that, look, I know Jeff Trailer loves UTSA. Yes. I know he has done a lot of good for that program. I know he did sign a large contract with a large buyout because he likes that program. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, honestly, honestly, what he is supposed to say. Mm -hmm. But when I saw that originally, my question is, how can we just call everything on the internet here clickbait and speculation from the media when it's public knowledge that you interviewed for both jobs? Right. I think, yeah, I think for for me, I think it's a no-win situation. Because, yes, I agree that there's nothing – there is no, like, handbook to be like, here's how you answer this, right? Mm -hmm. I think that the best answers that I've seen to those type of questions – because he's not the first coach to have – you know, the fact that he interviewed leak out, right? Yes. I do think it is like, I do think it was purposeful by whoever leaked it that he was the one that leaked out of the AM, right? Yes. Of the AM job, um, that his interview leaked out. Because as we know, they were obviously talking to Mark Stoops, and obviously mm -hmm. that news did leak out, but like the fact that he interviewed, his name just came out, right? It wasn't yeah. like he's interviewing for the job, and blah, blah. It was like Jeff Trailer interviewed, and they're hiring Mark Stoops. And it was like, that's a weird. You know, back to back. Well, you got to run it by Aggie Twitter first. Right, right. You got to run it by Tex Ags, <laughs> and then you can. No. Um, <laughs> and his name didn't clear, so he got kicked out first. No, no. Um, but what if that's how they did every single <laughs> higher coaching process? I believe is that they I believe leaked it. A lot of their decisions. If they saw it. how how the fans reacted on social right. media, and they were like, "Oh, never mind. We're it not, not going to do of, that. It would make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. about it how would. I think it would." Um, how do we know that's not how the Mark Stoops thing went down? Anyway, <laughs> that's what uh, I'm saying. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, I don't know how he answers that, but I have seen that just answered better, right? Mm -hmm. I think that what he tried to do is he tried to make it a us versus them, right? Yes. Kind of like a, you know, keep that in-house and this is us versus them. He might have told the players behind closed doors, right? Like, hey, I talked to him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm not – Jeff Trailer is totally right for testing his – Availability sure, on sure. the coaching free market. Sure, this but is not the, like a Jeff Taylor did anything why, wrong. The reason why he can't, and some, some people may be at home listening, saying, "Well, why doesn't he just say that he interviewed?" Was well, like, here's the thing. Here, it's a complicated dance that they have to do because he's still whether or not he interviewed, he didn't get the job, and so he's still yes. at UTSA, and so he has to go in tomorrow to someone so's house visit and say, "Come to UTSA, spend four years here," right? And so if he's on public in public saying, "I interviewed for this job and I didn't get it." And he goes yeah. tomorrow and says, hey, I wanna, want you to come here. He's like, why would I go play for you? You're just trying to leave, right? Yes. And so he ha there's a very delicate dance that he has to play. Now, what I think is the best way to answer, because this is, that's not the first time he spoke on it, right? He mm -hmm. had something similar. Um, I, think, I think after the bowl game, I think he handled it – or not the bowl game, the, the senior day, I think he handled it better. He's like, let's talk about Frank Harris. Yes. Right? Like that's, that's the – it's frustrating – because, yes, you have to ask him about it because the news came out. But and at that point, I think that's the way to handle it, saying just don't – no comment. Let's talk about Frank Harris. Let's talk about these seniors, right? I think similarly, I think he could have done something similar, right? He talks about the coaching carousel. I think he could have flipped it and said, you know, my job, my job here is to keep the coaches here and do my best to keep them here. If they look for other opportunities like Will Stein, you know, throw it elsewhere, right? Yeah. Will Stein pursued another opportunity at Oregon, boom, 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 right? I think, honestly, I think he got sick and tired of it. And I think that he just – I think that's an anger thing because, again, whether or not uh, – no, the media is not fake news and all that stuff, but, like, 
in his mind, the media did leak out that he interviewed for the AM job. And he's the only one that leaked out that interviewed for the AM job. Yep. So therefore, I think he's like, well, why the heck did my name leak out? Is it just because I get headlines? It's unfair, but it's right, not right. fake. Right, right, right. It's exactly. not clickbait. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, it's a little bit of clickbait, it's but a, it's not I, It's a clickbait. little bit that he leaked out, right? It was true. But it was a little that the fact that his name leaked out, I think, was part of it. Oh, it'll it'll get headlines if he leaks out, or like if if let's say if it was somebody from the A and M brass saying, "Oh, we'll get good headlines if we say that we're talking to Jeff Trailer, right? Because the other thing is, we talked about it yesterday with Trey Moore leaving. Now he Trey right. Moore was going to leave no matter if Jeff Trailer signed a lifetime contract with UTSA. He's the right. defensive player of the year. He's going to go get a bag somewhere yes. for the Power Five. But it will be interesting to see what happens with the rest of the players now. Yeah. yeah. Because it just is public knowledge. Sure. No, it is. It is. And he's dealt with that before. Um, he dealt with that when the tech job opened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, were, we were keeping that one pretty closely. So, again, it's something that he just has to, has to deal with. And I think, again, I think it's a culmination. I think it's like, I've answered this so many times. So, yeah. with that being said, I do think UTSA rolls in this game because Jeff Trailer is that type of galvanizing figure. He has that siege mentality of, like, us versus them. And I think that... Frank Harris is going to want to go out with a bang. I was going to say, yeah. yeah like there's so many guys that are just going to go out with a bang with this. Because this is going to be like, this is the last game of an era for UTSA, right? Whatever they go forward as under Jeff Trailer, it's different with Frank Harris, without Frank Harris. Mm-hmm. But also, UTSA's 0-4. Yeah, that is true. That's one thing. Yeah, that's one thing I was almost almost, almost shocked about when I saw it. I was like, wow, they haven't won a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it last year. We were like, oh, they're 0-3 in bowl games. They they played San Diego State, right? Correct. Yeah. So it'll be fascinating. I think think Marshall is very vulnerable. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, I still think they win. Um, So I think this will be the one. And I think this is a unique situation in the fact that they didn't get to a conference championship. I think that's where I would attribute those losses to. They got the conference championship. It was kind of a hangover. Right, mm-hmm. the bowl game. I mean, like, mm. so they won Conference USA twice. Boom. Now it's like oh, they don't have a trophy. Yeah, they want to. They want a trophy. So I they think that's. I think bang. this one yep. will be the one that they get. I agree. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the real entree. The CFP semifinal was just eh, the appetizer. The let's get to the real entree here. The first responder bowl. Let's go, baby. The fighting schmales <laughs> of Texas State. Taking on the Rice Owls Tuesday, December 26th at 4.30 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN. Texas State coming in as four-point favorites. Ooh. It's going to be pointsy. Over-under set at 60 and a half. Yes. All right. So, first of all, I must announce, if any of the Texas State fans are out there, I did get my tickets. So I'll be there. Um, Ishmael Johnson meet and greet outside yeah. the stadium. <laughs> Not Chris, can, we, can we get that started? <laughs> Nobody report on how I am in <laughs> the state of myself. Can we get that started? That's no hilarious. one report on the state of myself before this bowl game, before or during this bowl game. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I'm very pumped for this game. From what I can tell, this is going to be a big crowd. Like, yeah. I'm not saying sold out stadium or anything, but like, this is going to be a very good crowd. Texas State's allotment of lower level is already gone. Mm-hmm. So you have to go through the the, the the first responders bowl now, which is at of course through SMU. Um, so yeah, I I don't know about Rice's yet, but I well, do think. That hey, Mike Bloomgren said Rice gonna take over Dallas, and I'm like, don't make me show the senior bowl <laughs> senior say, day picture. Please don't play that game. <laughs> um, now, yes, this will be this will be a well attended game for Rice because it's in state. But yeah, don't make me show the the. the bowl. Don't make me show that picture. Um, so I'm very excited for the atmosphere of this game, just because, like we mentioned, Texas State. I don't want to. I don't want to be the second bowl that p- ever picks them because it's not going to be this game. The crowd. The, this they've been waiting for so long for this one game, and they're going to get it. And next year, whenever they get another bowl, it's not going to be the same. But that's why I think I'm taking Texas State in this. I think I'm going to take Texas State as well for that reason because, yeah. as we know, AJ Paget's going to get the start because JT Daniels announced that he is no longer playing football. Unfortunately, because of injury, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not just like a. I, if a guy calls it quits, I like it to be. I don't want it to be for something that's out of his control. Mm-hmm. You know. Can I let me get my take off first though? I think JT Daniels is going to be a hell of a college football oh, coach. Oh, hundred percent. I was about to say yes, I, when, when I that news too. came out that he was going into coaching. Um, I was like, should we look for him on the Rice staff next year potentially? Because it, he has always been one of the most cerebral quarterbacks. I mean, I wrote a yeah. whole story about how Mike Bloomgren sees him when he's a freshman in high school and he's got, like, NFL protection schemes he's able to run through. Yeah. But now he's also been on four different teams and <laughs> seen four different ways of coaching and been able to pick up the best things from each staff. I'll say this. He'll have – of all the teams he's been on, because, of course, he's been around a while, 
Um, he has a lot of potential mentors. Mike Bloomgren, Neil Brown at West Virginia, mm-hmm. Kirby Smart, or uh, was, he at La- was he with Lane Kiffin at USC? Yeah. Or was it Clay Maybe Helton? Maybe Clay Helton. <laughs> Maybe Clay Helton. Either one, either one, regardless. Yeah. Two offense, two really good offensive minds. So if he wants to, he will have the red carpet on any of these staffs as a grad assistant mm-hmm. right out the gate. So very excited for him. I would love to, for him to stay on Rice, though, and, and kind of be part of like the Bloomgren, a Bloomgren tree a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so A.J. Padgett will get the start for them. As we know, Texas State defense stinks. <laughs> um, or they they give up points, but they can also make things happen uh, yes. turnover-wise. So I think that kind of is a recipe for not disaster, but falls into Texas State uh, defense's hands a little bit. A.J. Padgett instead of somebody like uh, J.T. Daniels playing. What's the status of Luke McCaffrey? Is he going to play? I haven't heard anything that he's not going to play. Okay. So, I, I I don't know. Does he have another year of eligibility? I was just about, this is his – is up. he going to try and go pro? I mean – because he's, same question with like Taj Brooks, like is there a is there any possibility that they sit so out? So McCaffrey's a redshirt junior. Okay. So he he's got t- another year. He does have another year. Um, the thing because if he doesn't play, like right, I the get thing with him, that's only, the only thing that I think that's keeping him is he's very slight. He's very slender, mm-hmm. and so I think that'd be the only thing that like keeps him from this year pursuing the NFL. Uh, Taj Brooks, I think, regardless, he can't. I, th- I if I had to put money on, I don't think he'd play in the bowl game. I don't uh, think. Uh, yeah. That's one of those go get your money right type Especially situations. Running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, so Luke yeah, McCaffrey, sure. I don't know. I think I feel like he might play in this game. I don't think he has a reason not to. Um, we'll see. I don't know. He's also one that we have to watch out for. Maybe getting another transfer because now he's a receiver. Yeah. Now he's a receiver instead of a quarterback. So we can just like go. I don't know. I hope he doesn't. But like that's one to watch. Um, with that being said, I think all matchups go to Texas State. I think the hype goes to Texas State. I love that this Rice staff saved their season and they get to stick around, mm-hmm. and because I do think they're building something really cool, uh, the fact that they were able to get bowl eligibility in the AAC in their first year is not a small feat. Mm-mm. So very fascinated by this one. I will be there. Uh, don't ask me what state I will be there in, but I'm very. I'm going to have fun. I should oh, be there, geez. too, covering the game a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a schmail cam do, do, down do in the not. press box. Do not. Do you not. Sh- <laughs> schmail cam. For the fighting schmail. That camera. <laughs> That camera will break. <laughs> <laughs> It'll like zoom in on you, just crack. Like. Uh, it, will, it will not. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, oh, pull nope. away. <laughs> nope. That's freaking hilarious. Listen, okay. I have only been to two games since I started covering the team. Since so Schmail, Schmail's I've only not going to be. Two te- two, two he's going to be there, but he's not going to be there. Yes. I've, I've been to two games as a fan. Uh, Mallory's with one last year at Baylor. Correct. Um, and then this year at Alamo Dome. One was with my mom. And then one of them was when the, in the presence of my bosses. So I was not in a state been, of, <laughs> that I will be you've in. You've been good. It's, it, you've been good. <laughs> All right. Let's keep it rolling here with the Texas Bowl. Texas A&M taking on number 20, Oklahoma State, Wednesday, December 27th at 8 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN. Texas A&M coming in as three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under, 53-and-a-half. All right. So this one's fascinating because – Elijah Brown is going to finish out his ter- Elijah ter- Robinson. Elijah Robinson. Jesus. Elijah ugh. Fran Brown is the head coach, I believe. Um, yeah, Fran Brown is the head coach at Syracuse um, mm-hmm. that Elijah Robinson is following. Mm-hmm. So he said he will finish out his interim deal at A and M, coach the bowl game. I'm curious, like everybody leaving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's and they're not here? going to Syracuse. No, going to Syracuse. all his defensive linemen are leaving, and they're not following. And Elko is also like. Getting guys fired. So it's like <laughs> the offensive staff's like, yeah, you're out. So I was like, who's going to be coaching in this game? Because, like, Damian Craig's not coming back. Steven Dazio's not coming back. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's some others uh, that aren't coming back because, of course, Mike Elko's making decisions, and they're not going to be pl- coaching the game. So it's like, I have no idea who – is going to be coaching with, like, a team of, like, three guys? Did you see that Elijah Robinson clip of in the post-game locker room speech? Yes. That he gave where he's just cr- – everyone's crying. Yes. He's like, I love y'all so much. The difference between his post-game speech and Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher's, Fisher's post-game oh speech yes. is we, – We need a Jimbo Fisher impression right now of his post-game speech. Well, the Jimbo speech. Fisher one is basically like – all right, good win out there, guys. You know, special, special teams, uh, pump blocked early. Can't have that, guys. Can't, but we run the ball good. Wide receivers running good routes. Safeties, you know, safeties with a lot of few deep passes over there. And Elijah Robinson was like, like, I will die for every single one. I will right die right. for y'all, man. I love y'all. Yeah, and he's like, and you, and you like wanted to run through. I wanted to hug him. I, I wanted to be like, I need to play for you, and I need to hug you right So now. that post-game Texas Bowl locker room, as Elijah Robinson is leaving, if they win that game. Yeah. Is gonna be spiritual. I'm I just know. curious to see who's gonna play. Just because, like, I think is I think it gonna be the opt out bowl? Is, uh, yeah, yeah opt-out. literally. <laughs> um, 
Either that one or the the Georgia the Georgia game. Yeah, Georgia's everybody's opting out of that game for Georgia. Um, but yeah, I'm very fascinated by this because I think Henderson will play at quarterback because he whether or not he's still there, I think he has something to prove. Whether or not he's playing for his next starting job or a quarterback job somewhere, I think he does need a little bit more film on him because there is some intrigue. I think if he goes and lights up the Texas Bowl, all of a sudden people are like, "Yeah, we got to get that guy in," right? Or Mike Elko's like, "We got to keep that guy here," right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think he has a lot to play for. The offensive staff, I wouldn't. Like, is Evan Stewart playing this game? <laughs> well, Evan, I don't know what's going on with Evan Stewart because he was just cosplaying as a journalist last game, live tweeting the game, stepping on my territory. <laughs> like, dude, go play football. Don't do this. Well, to be fair, he's also hurt. Um, so they did, so he did, he needed something to do because apparently he couldn't go with the team either. Um, no. So so there was that. So he's kind of like the the un the untransferred transfer right now. Yeah, like people he's like not even with the team. In. People just expect him to get in the transfer portal, even though there's really no indication that he's getting in, except for like Twitter talk. Is yeah. it fair to say the vibes at A and M are a little weird right now? They're a little yes. weird because they're they're transitioning because like they don't know. They're like, not good. They're not bad. They're just odd. But even with the transition, okay, so. The the Kentucky Mark Stoops things happens where Texag shuts down that I'm not saying Texags, the Twitter. <laughs> right. Texan right. Twitter shuts that down basically. Then they get Mike Elko. Yes. Now everyone's transferring. Bobby Taylor tweets earlier, no way you could have told me two years ago Jimbo would be fired, coaches leave, has the class dips. How does that happen? Evan Stewart's just there but not there. I'll say I think that Elijah Robinson leaving may indicate more of the vibes than mm-hmm. the tra- – I, I don't think they're leaving because of Mike Elko, right? I yeah, think but that, it, it, I but think Robinson tra- – and, I, again, that may – I think with – I'm wondering – the only thing I can wonder is I wonder how much Mike Elko really wanted to keep Elijah Robinson for, like, his staff as opposed to, like, keeping things intact. Mm-hmm. I think he knew he had to keep him, right? I do wonder how much he – because, one, they made, a, they made the hire Spencer pretty quickly. And so I'm wondering if he had him on tap. Initially, yeah. and then also, Elijah Robinson is just going to be a DC at another Power Five school. Yep. If I really wanted Elijah Robinson on my, I just make him the DC and have him call plays. It, and so they were like, "You're going to be the highest paid position coach. Just, right. just make him the DC." Right, right. So I, I wonder if Elko was like, "Yes, I'll do my due diligence to keep him here." But as far as like, uh, if you get a DC job, that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if. I think him leaving is more of a more of indica- more indicative of why guys are leaving as opposed to like the overall vibes, if that makes sense. I think that Elko is doing. I think a lot of the guys like Elko. Um, like we saw Bryce Anderson kind of squash his. Somebody apparently hacked Bryce Anderson's uh, Twitter account and put that he was transferring. He put on Instagram that I'm not. So I think yeah, apparently somebody hacked it. So um, so again, I don't think the overall vibes are bad. I think that. Elijah Robinson leaving is like an unexpected wrench thrown in there. It was like, ah, we didn't expect that. That's awkward. Mm-hmm. And so Walter Nolan, all these guys are jumping in. Now, in terms of Oklahoma State, how are they in the Texas Bowl and not the Alamo Bowl, considering they just lost a Big 12 championship game? I have and no idea. How is Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl? Because Alamo Bowl gets to pick? Uh, yeah, more or less. Like, you can pick. I think – I don't think automatic bowl tie-ins are a thing since the playoffs started. Okay. I think I think conference tie-ins are the same, but like – yeah, like in in the past, the Sun Belt the Sun Belt champion went to the New Orleans Bowl, but this year is like Louisiana. And it's like okay. just because. Also, is this Alan Bowman's last game, last college football be. game ever? He is. is he is he there's entering no, the workforce? There's no way right he's now. got more. I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking it up right now. I he would not a, be surprised. He's a retro senior, so yes, theoretically. There's no way, right? There's no way. He. I'm not going to say he played under Cliff Kingsbury again because I mention it every time, but 2018, 19, How 20, old is he? 21, 22. You're probably younger than he is. Let me he check. Is 23 per Wikipedia. Okay. So he's I'm 23. Wait, when's his birthday? Year. Oh, uh, he doesn't have it. Yeah. It just says he's a 2000 baby. So. Oh, so March 6, 2000. He is a couple months older than me. Okay. <gasps> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so he can call you kid. Yeah. What's up, bud? <laughs> kiddo. You walk up with an interview with, up, a, with a tape recorder. He just tussles your hair. He's <laughs> like, hey, kid. <laughs> It does. I do love that image because, like, you're probably like the same height as him. I know. <laughs> but uh, like, th- that would be if if Alan Bowman comes back for another year, that would be I think universally be like, dude, really? <laughs> there's no way he <laughs> can't. Uh, like, there's no way. There's no eligibility left. Sorry, buddy. I mean, he's running. I don't know. They're running out of quarterback. You see, Gunnar Gundy's transferring. So yeah, Gunnar Gundy. Probably need a quarterback. So. Who is it? Garrett Rangel. Garrett Rangel's still there. I think he's still there. Is so he going to be a starter? He might be. He started. He played this come games this year. All right then. Yeah. All right, let's keep it rolling. Uh, are we going with? Are we all going with? Uh, 
I don't know because I don't know who's playing. I was about to say, I'll go A&M just because I do think, like, I, I do imagine those guys want to give Robinson a good sending off. I'm going to go Oklahoma State because I think too. Alan Bowman goes off in his <laughs> final college Alan game. Bowman legacy Alan game. Bowman legacy <laughs> game. I think Ollie Gordon does, too. Like If he plays. If he plays. He might not to, play, though. Actually, no. Wait, he, wait, Ollie Gordon's might, young. I was about to say, he's probably coming back. He's yeah. young. I think he's only a sophomore, so he yeah. might play. All right, anyways, let's keep it rolling here. With the Fenway Bowl, number 24 SMU taking on Boston College Thursday, December 28th. Game of future. 10 a.m. Wait, 10 a.m.? 10 a.m., that's what it says. I'm not that's kidding. You, know, you can watch it on ESPN at 10 a.m. on December 28th. SMU coming in as 11-point favorites over under 50 and a half. Future conference game, baby. Yeah, future ACC it. rivalry game Woo! coming up. Yeah, the, yeah, the vaunted <laughs> Boston College SMU rivalry. Um, question to both of you <laughs> who have definitely watched Boston College this year. Who's their head coach? Don't no know. idea. Jeff Halfley. <laughs> I just looked that up myself. Uh, <laughs> former DC at Ohio State. Um, okay. okay. I, I'm not going to pretend I've paid attention to Boston College this year. Uh, the last time I did pay attention to Boston College, uh, they almost lost to Texas State in 2020. So that's my that's my opinion of the program. <laughs> well, okay. A lot of the, a lot of the talk. Let's talk about how SMU doesn't get in sure. to the New Year's Six Bowl yes. over Liberty. And I just say credit to the committee. They always will go off the record and who deserves it most on the field. Yeah, Boo, totally. Because Boo Corrigan totally. says. It doesn't matter your schedule. If you beat nope. everybody on it, it doesn't matter how you look nope. in those games. If you beat everybody on your schedule yeah. and go undefeated, they will reward I you. I mean, Boo Corrigan, you know, when talking about how Liberty made it, he said, you know, you, you look at Liberty. Liberty just continued to win throughout the year. Yes. And I was like, you know what, Boo? That's, that's totally right. That's you know who right. else continued to win throughout the year? <laughs> nope. Don't know. Don't know what you're talking Florida about. Florida State! <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. I'm anyway. so mad. Also, okay, completely off topic, but your point about the Ohio State quarterback situation back in 2015 oh, yeah. or 2014, yeah. so accurate. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah I mean, a little bit different because I do think that, like, no, sure, they looked better. Braxton yes, Miller, yeah. JT Barrett, and uh, right. uh, Cardell Jones, Cardell Jones were, are different sure. than. Sure, but they could have easily Same said, situation. Yeah, they could have said situation. that same thing. But so basically, yes, the committee basically admitted that we take unbeaten records into account for some teams and then not for others. Well, it was it was very much, if you're going to do the same logic of Alabama gets in over Florida yes, State, put, SMU, put SMU gets in over Florida State. Over put Liberty. SMU in the, in the New Year's But they snip, snap, snip, snap. Yeah. Basically, the, yes, they, they realized they weren't paying it because this, this is what really happened. They hadn't watched an SMU game all year. Nope. Right. They probably saw the TCU game and they're like, oh, they're losing by a lot. Don't have to worry about them anymore. And they never watched an SMU game ever. And then, then they the, saw they lost then, Oklahoma, and it's right, like, then, eh, you right, know, exactly. can't beat it. And then yet. it came around. They're like, wait, they're in the conference championship? Ah, they're losing Tulane. Who cares? It's like, oh, they beat Tulane? With their back so quarterback? Them in, eh, never mind. Liberty's ahead of them. Keep li <laughs> just keep Liberty ahead of them. That's basically Gosh. what happened. Um, we got too much to worry about with not putting an unbeaten Florida State in the, in the title game. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Look, SMU fans, we get it. And this will be a chance to just, to just style – so who's Liberty playing though? That's my question. Who is uh, it? Oregon. Oregon. Oh my they god! They're gonna get Bo Nix send off. Bo Nix legacy game. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> they might Bo Nix is gonna go off. Um, I'll say. Sorry, Caden Salter. SMU fans, I do wonder. Hit me up on Twitter if you're. If I'm, I'm legitimately asking this. Uh, are you worried now that the playoff basically just said, "Yeah, we don't care about the ACC." Yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> like SMU pay is literally paying to get in this conference to get a seat at the table, which I understand a is a good move point. and is a is a very it was a very necessary move because soon we're gonna have the power nexus absolutely distance itself even more from the rest of the pack. But the playoff basically just said, yeah, I know the ACC sucks. Well, I went to oh. my girlfriend's Thanksgiving, and her uncle is an SMU grad, and he pulls me aside because he knows I work in college football, and yeah. he basically goes, hey, Carter. I'm really nervous because SMU has now gone to the ACC. What I think is going to happen is they're going to go to a Power 2 conference, and it, they're just going to be on the outside looking in again. And I looked at him and said, Clint, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, that would suck <laughs> if it did happen. He's like, I'm going to tell you something, buddy. You're probably right. <laughs> to be fair, though, I – we know the reason why Florida State was kept out was because of the quarterback situation yes. and the injuries. It's not – I mean, I guess a part of it is, you know, the committee decided that, well, yeah, the SEC is a much tougher schedule. Alabama had a much tougher schedule than Florida State That's what had, I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Uh, we know that if Jordan Travis were playing and he was expected sure, to play, sure. they would be in. But that yeah. doesn't happen to Alabama. No, no. Here's, here's what I was going to say. Well, doesn't here's, it, though? Here's the thing. Here's I don't thing. think it does. I don't, here's the, I don't think it does. I, I think it here's – the, here's the thing. The reason why it doesn't happen to Alabama is because it, they're in the SEC. 
Yeah. If Florida State won that game against Georgia in the fashion that they did with their quarterback throwing for 50 yards, the committee's like, who cares? They won the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's Good my point. thing. And so that's my thing. I agree that, yes, it's because the quarterback threw for 50 yards or whatever, and they still won. Um, and they looked ugly. To me, it didn't matter. It should say a lot about the defense that held the Louisville, a top 10 Louisville team in check. Yes. But they were so good. But I think if they do that against Georgia, if they do that against Bama, if they do it against Oregon or Washington, I think they're like, yeah, they're in. Look, again, the playoff talk, like, two things can be true. Florida State got screwed, but also I'm happy it happened because I want to see Alabama in the playoff over Florida State. Yes. I, I'll admit it. I like no, this no, playoff no, look, a lot don't get me more. Wrong. I'm excited for the game. Don't get me wrong. But as far as like uh, – I, th- I think I think – uh, Richard, no, I think Alex uh, Kirshner in a piece for Slate said it perfectly. He's like, it was, it was a travesty. I'm excited for these games. If you're, if you're, if your mentality is the best teams in the country, then they made the right decision. Mm-hmm. But it was also a travesty decision as well. Yes, so. of course, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I totally forgot what point I was just going to make. All this to say, I think that SMU is mad. I think they want to go out oh, in yeah, the gonna, AAC with a bang. Oh, I think they're going to stomp Boston College, yes. <laughs> like. Yes. No, and leave no trace. You're just going to throw any Power 5 team at us? It's just like, yeah. Kevin Jennings' legacy game. Listen, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited for Kevin Jennings. He didn't play. He started the game rocky, but he ended the game pretty well for them. So I'm excited for the future with Kevin Jennings. Yeah, I'm taking SMU to cover. Yeah, I'll yeah, take SMU to cover. Yes. <laughs> Are Same. you still rattled by that? Yeah, the I'm literally like searching in my mind. Like, I literally had <laughs> such a gonna say? I had such a profound point to make, and I, I like just look don't over know. at you and I'm like SMU to roll, and you're just like. What game are we talking about again? I'm actually so frozen right now. Where am I right now? But anyways, that's it for our bowl breakdown. Seven teams, six games. Let's get it. I need to keep track of everybody that we picked because we only had one. We we only had like one different now. Which one? Oh, Texas and Washington. The playoff. Yeah, which is still. I mean, that's the juicy one. So that's that's correct. That's correct. Who are y'all taking in? uh, Michigan, Alabama. I think Bama. I think I'm taking Bama. So? I'm going to go Bama. This, another CFP without Connor Stallions. I just don't know if this is going to happen. <laughs> I also remember the profound point I was going to make. Uh, it is very funny. Again, I like that this is the playoff. I think it's going to yes. be great games. It is funny how every every reason they give for what they did is just dumber and dumber and more egg on their face because oh, – yeah. There was a piece by Heather Dinich for if, uh, ESPN that was basically the committee was going to pick Florida State, yeah. but then they watched the ACC championship game and how Florida State couldn't move the ball, and then that was the final straw that Tim got him to pull him out. And it's like, dude, that was the third-string quarterback who wouldn't be playing right. in the playoff game. And that was you pulled him out because of their third-string quarterback who won't even play. It would be Rodemaker, wouldn't it be? It would be Rodemaker, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be Brock Glenn. Anyway. So uh, would have yeah, been cooler if I thought of that five minutes ago. <laughs> That's but okay. I'm still it was say still it. cool. I think Bama. Cool. I'm gonna take Bama because I think that Michigan. Like I do think that the they may be the most complete team in my opinion, but I don't think they've played up to that caliber. I don't think JJ McCarthy. I don't. He's been fine. Right? But he hasn't. But JJ McCarthy he hasn't, hasn't needed to do anything either. Well, but like even in the games that he. I mean, like he, he didn't look good against Penn State. He didn't really look good against. He made a couple throws against Ohio State. But like, and the the problem is, I think me and you have talked about this, Mallory. When he puts up numbers against these bad teams, you're like, okay, what happens when he plays these two teams? And it's like, that's a good. He's kind of fine. He's kind of okay. Now it wouldn't shock me if or if Michigan just came out and ran the ball down Alabama's throat, and all of a sudden got to J- got to Jalen Milrow and like put him under pressure and things like that. It wouldn't shock me if they won. But I think Alabama, in my opinion, I've seen the highs of Alabama, and I know this is an Alabama team that needed a hail mary to beat Auburn. Um, but yeah. I, I just feel – I don't know. I, I, I just – I like I'm the momentum with Alabama right now. Michigan okay. lost that game from the moment Alabama was announced, and they all audibly gasped and groaned. That was a v- very funny that video. That was really funny. That was funny. a very funny video. And now, I think it was because they just thought they had a, a cakewalk, and they were like, yeah. Florida State. No, that's, that's exactly like, why they did it, because it like they – Florida State wouldn't be able to do anything offensively. Oh, yeah. Bama – Sam's going to show that video of Alabama getting announced and the entire room going, oh <laughs> – <laughs> and we got them by the balls, boys. They're already <laughs> thrown off, man. Like, yeah. gosh dang it. Uh, so who do you guys got? Alabama. Alabama. Alabama-Texas rematch. I, I mean, that, I can definitely see that. And That'd that be would be terrifying. That'd be very fun. That would be scary. I think I'm going to go Michigan. I'll be the oddball out. I think I'm going okay. to go Michigan. In they Houston. Just, that'd be fun. That Whether, would be, yeah. That Alabama would be rematch cool. or, or Michigan. In, that'd be a fun one in the, the, the rafters of the press box that is in our I also – I think it's more of just me hoping that Michigan rolls Alabama because I'm still mad about the Florida State thing. So I just hope that they roll But them. also, happen, but big-time rematch energy, too, because Texas plays Michigan next, next year. year. It's game yep. two. 
So that could be another one. rematch that next year. That would rock. That would be so cool. By the way, uh, you, you were too young to remember this, but uh, Texas versus Washington's rematch of the 2001 Holiday Bowl, the mm. major Applewide legacy game. Uh, Chris Sims started – no, Chris Sims started the Big 12 title game. I was two years old. He almost know. came back oh, – stop. <laughs> um, major Applewide almost came Carter, back in that Carter, game. were you born yet? Yeah, yeah. You, were, you were one. I probably had some throw up on my bib, but anyway, I was <laughs> watching. Holiday Bowl, it was major Applewide led one of the best – I think it might still be the, lo- the largest comeback in Holiday Bowl history. Um because I think they were down like 20, 30-something to 14 or something, and mid drop ended up scoring 27 in the wow. fourth quarter. So, anyway, uh, a little bit of a history buff for you guys right Thank there. Thank you. All righty. So, uh, that'll do it for us. Again, we will not have a show next week. <coughs> Excuse me. We will not have a show next week. We'll be at State. So, please keep it tuned to TexasFootball.com for all your state needs, all your recruiting needs. Uh, we'll have some portal coaching news, all that stuff. Uh, the other shows on the Republican Football Network should be going at their own pace, so keep keep an eye out for those. But as far as ROF, we'll be taking the week off. Um, like I said, textfootball.com slash state as of Sunday. Sunday we will launch that hub page, and we will have everything coming up on the upcoming state championships. And then the week after, signing day, we will have a special ROF episode, I think around this time, right, Mallory? Yep, 2 p.m. Uh, Wednesday. Boom, 2 p.m. Wednesday. Is that the 20th? Not that next Wednesday. Not next Wednesday. Wednesday after. 20th. Yeah, that is the 20th. So, is. yes, uh, December 20th, we'll be back on here, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. So, please subscribe. Uh, remember, promo code DCTF. There you go, homefieldapparel.com. If you want to support us, 15% off a first-time purchase. <sighs> Mallory, what bowl is Rutgers playing in? I don't know the bowl. Wow. But I know they're playing Miami. Ruck- beat oh, Miami. Pinstripe Bowl. Pinstripe Pinstripe bowl. bowl. Beat Miami. The, the Yankee Stadium Pinstripe Bowl. So, yes, Let's beat go. Miami. And Mike Elko, give us a call.